Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on an unbelievable day. We got a big show lined up. As I promised you we would. I told you we would. I didn't want to go too early in the summer. I wanted to wait till the start of the season. And we are loaded over the next couple of days. Tomorrow, Fred Bolitnikoff and Bill Romanowski and the voice of Monday Night Football, my friend Steve Levy, who's calling the game. How about that show? And today I got Max Crosby, Mad Max, at the bottom of the hour. Steph McKenzie. Our great Raider fan in the building from 97 won the point. Bill Williamson is going to join us. Longtime Raider insider, Nasty Nestor Aparicio, the maven of the Baltimore Raven fans. He's coming to the game. He puts on the biggest Raven parties in America. He's all Ravens. I got him today. So a full breakdown of the team because I need the help for the pregame show. I need to know what I'm talking about as I'm prepping for the pregame show And I am ready for this. I am fired up and we're brought to you by PT's. PT's Tavern is celebrating Las Vegas' favorite new local team by giving you a chance to win a jersey all month long. Visit your favorite tavern to find out at PT's. PT's Taverns offers the best football viewing outside of the stadium. Enjoy food and drink specials. From $3 and enjoy Vegas' best happy hour with 50% off drinks, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, every day. PT's fuels the monologue as we get ready, and I hope you win one of these jerseys. Go buy a PT's. Go buy and You pass them by every day. There's 60 of them. 60. They're, they're so big, they bought the Stratosphere. How big is that? They have great giveaways, and we get ready to do a great show today. Where do we want to go? I'm all in on this game now. Right, It's the calm before the storm. My phone is blowing up. Fans coming into town. JT, where are we meeting up? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Do what you got to do. It's Vegas. I've been doing this in Vegas for 25 years. I get calls all the time from friends who say I'm coming in for the weekend. And what I, why I live in Vegas and why I love it here. Here's the reason. Because I lived in L.A. for 10 years. I lived in San Diego for eight, the Bay Area for two. I'm from New York. So whenever anybody would come visit me out west, family, friends, they had to base it around what's called a vacation. They'd have to make a vacation six months in advance and then fit me in. Completely opposite in Vegas. People are on the ground every weekend here forgetting to call me in advance going, hey, JT, I'm here. I'm at the Mandalay Bay. I'm at Circa. Hey, man, can you meet for a drink? I love that about this place. Then you go see someone who's visiting for a Raider game. And you don't feel like you got to babysit them the rest of the weekend. Hey, what do we do the rest of the weekend? Figure it out. You're going to have the time of your life. And now we have a football team. <laughs> we have football all weekend. NFL football in this town. This town's had nothing close to that. Other than the Golden Knights and their hockey run to the Stanley Cup final. Which I was a part of and I love that. Love the Golden Knights. I love the Golden Knights. I'm a fan of that hockey team. But the Raiders, I elevate for obvious reasons. And we got Raider Nation to talk about now. So what do you do when you're in town? 
You know we're over at M, the official resort of the Raiders, right? Fred Belitnikoff is doing a signing, which I'll be at on Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. $99, you buy two bottles of wine, which it's really good wine, and then he signs one of the bottles for you. How great is that at M? So I would get over there. That's where the Raiders Tavern and Grill is. I think you'll have a great time. I saw Tim Brown signing at Field of Dreams. I think there's a lot of Raider alumni in town doing signings and all of that which is great. I know Vinny Bonsignor, Raider head, they got their remote coming up this weekend, which we'll be promoting here on this show. Get out to that. And the Black Hole is starting their football parties at Omnia at Caesars with a big artist, and they're going to have all the Raider super fans there. I'm the first ever member of the Black Hole Hall of Fame. That's going to be a big party. You can go into all the pool parties. There could be a small little hole-in-the-wall bar where you can bounce into a Raider fan and have the best time of your life in this town. You can go to the stage door. we got friends who go there. Wherever you want to go, uh, the Raider Nation is here. They're taking over Vegas, and it should be an unbelievable weekend. I can't wait. But the Raiders have to win the game. They really do have to win the game. Uh, For the last two days, including today, I'm putting together what I call my Super Bowl preview show. And what I do is I do this every year. I like to go through every division, and I pick the seven. used to be six. Now it's seven playoff teams, four division winners, three wild cards, and there's an extra game as we go from 16 to 17. So you can't do the basic math anymore. You can't say eight and eight, right? You can't say six and ten. You've got to figure out where the, where the extra game is going to show up. Is it going to be a win or a loss? I think the extra game can do the Raiders well. I really do. I think they're a very good team. I think the Raiders aren't great. They're good. And I think the more games, an extra game could help them because the schedule's tough. It's shocking to me that the Raiders have one of the toughest schedules and Tampa Bay has inside the five easiest. It's amazing, isn't it? And they'll tell you the same thing. Well, these schedules were put out in advance, JT, and it's conferences over four years and all that crap. You know that they don't do the Raiders any favors. They have the Raiders playing Baltimore and Pittsburgh back-to-back on a short week. Let me tell you something. You know, the NFC West is really good with the Niners and the Seahawks and the Rams. No division has been tougher the last 10 years than the AFC North because of Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They are two teams that are fundamentally sound when it comes to winning games. They go to Super Bowls and they win. They have unbelievable battles. They play East Coast cold weather outdoor football. They have playmakers, and they win. They have two future Hall of Famers. Lamar Jackson is a future Hall of Famer. His his numbers are insane. All he's got to do is play another six years, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. And Ben Roethlisberger is going to the Hall of Fame. And the Raiders got Raiders to hit that test right out of the gate, which is going to be a tough one. Those are going to be tough. That's why a split would be great. 2-0 and would be a miracle. You'll take it. And the Raiders need to get off to a good start. And that's why I'm optimistic about the Baltimore game. As I do my homework with Baltimore, they are significantly injured. They have lost players throughout this preseason. They are not coming in practice ready. All right, forget about these preseason games where they won 20 in a row. No one cares about those preseason games. They don't count. The Raiders didn't even play their starters. But taking a look at this, this team last year, I go off of last year in 2020, Baltimore gave up 329 yards a game. The Raiders gave up a putrid 389. All right, in the passing game, Baltimore only gave up 221. And they gave up 108 yards rushing. 
and they gave up 18.9 points a game. 18.9, that was number two in the NFL. Okay, pretty good defense. The Raiders gave up 29.9. That was 30th out of 32. So basically, the Raiders allowed 10 more points than Baltimore. That's not the type of party you want to go to when you see that big of a differential. Now, when it comes to offense, Baltimore put up less yards than the Raiders. Raiders had 383. Baltimore had 363. Baltimore's passing game only put up 171 yards a game. But the sickest stat you can look at, the Baltimore Ravens averaged 191.9 yards a game. Let's round it up to 192. Think of that for a second, how that number is. They average 192 yards on the ground, a lot of it Lamar Jackson. Baltimore averages 29.3 points a game. The Raiders, 27.1. So that's pretty much dead even there. So it's pretty simple. A six-year-old who's never been to an NFL game could figure out this game plan a month ago. The game plan is simple. Don Wink Martindale, former Raiders coach, who's the defensive coordinator of the Ravens, blitzes more than any coach in the league. So let's stop. The Raiders are going to face the blitz especially the first game of the year, in a hostile environment with Derek Carr. Unfortunately, because this is a new fan base that doesn't understand football etiquette completely, like Oakland, they're going to be loud, and Derek Carr is going to be at the line of scrimmage, and the blitz is coming. Now, I talked to someone high up in the NFL, a coach who told me, not with the organization, and I'm going to say this all week, that Derek Carr is the best quarterback he's seen right now since Drew Brees. Since Drew Brees at seeing the line of scrimmage and what's in front of him. He's outstanding. At the level of Gannon when Gannon won the MVP. Remember, Gannon had a much better defense than Derek ever had. So Gannon, when he got his act together with John Gruden with the Raiders and Bill Callahan, Gannon was given this elaborate playbook by John Gruden, which was really labor-intensive, And Gannon had no problem with it. He also had Charlie Garner, Tim Brown, Jerry Rice. They had some really good players on that team and three running backs that could run you over. And Gannon would go to the line of scrimmage and he would read the defense and he would go to the play that made most sense. Well, I believe Derek Carr is just as good as Rich Gannon. Might be better all time when it comes to that. Derek is outstanding at reading a defense. The question becomes, what is Derek going to do with what he sees? Is he going to check out of a play that Gruden gave him? Because you got to remember the philosophy of the Gruden offense with Greg Olson and John Morton. Those are the offensive minds who have been together a long time. When you go to the line of scrimmage, there's four plays on average, four. Okay, there's a play to Waller. There's a play to Ruggs or Edwards. There's a play to Jacobs. And then throw another play in there, the Z, the Y. So Derek goes to the line of scrimmage, and he's got the play. Now it's the job of the coaches upstairs and John Gruden quickly while the microphone's still on to tell Derek to get out of that play or to go to another player to do it. On top of that, Derek Carr has the ability to look at John Gruden and say, I'm out of this play, I'm doing my own thing. Now I don't think Derek does that enough because I think Derek does something correct. Derek looks at what John Gruden gives him, which are multiple options, and he just checks out of one of those plays to another. Whereas Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers would check out of the play completely and then they go with their own play, right? They don't even go in with the coach's play. They're going with what they think is right.
Derek's going to have to do this in this game because Baltimore is blitzing the entire game. So that means two tight end sets. Foster Moreau, Darren Waller. God forbid Waller's got to stay in and help and block, which usually doesn't happen. Okay, Alec Ingold in to block as a fullback and chip someone. Remember, the more players you leave in on the offensive line to help, the less players you have to go run routes. And I'm not a big fan of that. I think you hire these guys, Leatherwood and Colt Miller, to protect the edge. And then what you do is you hope that you can go four wide with Josh Jacobs kind of out of the backfield as a safety uh, safety valve to catch a ball. you got five guys in the pattern. Someone's going to be open, and Derek's going to find them. The problem with this game is Derek's not going to have a lot of time because they're going to be blitzing. And if you look at all the haters in the Raider Nation, the haters, they're all saying that the Raiders aren't good because, one, they haven't studied the defensive roster. Some of these insiders don't even know that Casey Hayward and K.J. Wright and Yannick Ngakwe are new to the team. They don't even know that. And secondly, they don't trust the offensive line. You see, that's what I've been trying to come to grips with this whole offseason, is I know more of the backstory than most people about why the offensive line broke up. Rodney Hudson wasn't happy anymore. He left Kansas City on the verge of Kansas City trying to become a dynasty, came to the Raiders, a good team, but not at the level of the team he was playing, and Rodney pretty much was done and ready to move on. I wish that he could have been convinced to stay because Rodney's a great guy. He's won the Commitment to Excellence Awards multiple times. Would have been great if he stayed. He would have had to redo his deal, but it would have been great if he stayed. Secondly, Gabe Jackson, who was starting to break down, get a little bit injured, very good right guard, but Gabe's not going to the Hall of Fame. Okay, everybody? Gabe Jackson's a good player. He's replaceable. A lot of people in the Raider Nation couldn't come to grips with that, that he's replaceable. Good guy. He'll always be welcome back for the Napa dinner and the rest of his life, once a Raider, always a Raider. And then at right tackle, we had a bum. Swing and miss. You think Tanner Muse was a swing and miss? And Lynn Bowden, what, what about the money that was paid to that guy, Trent Brown, who stole money, was fat, out of shape, couldn't get healthy, didn't want to play? So he had to be removed from the team, and they got Alex Leatherwood, who is much more accomplished as a player coming out of college than Trent Brown ever was, but Trent Brown won a Super Bowl and was a pro bowler. Alex Leatherwood has a lot to live up to, but we weren't going to bring back Trent Brown. So that's been what's, what's gotten in the heads of all the Raider haters, the analysts out there. John Clayton's not a Raider hater. He came on with me, and he just doesn't believe in the Raiders. Doesn't believe in the offensive line, doesn't believe in the defense. Okay, John Clayton's a pretty good name. In regards to that, a lot of other people just are throwing grenades at the Raiders, trying to find, you know what they're trying to do? Tell me if you agree with this. What they're trying to do with the Raiders is they're trying to find the biggest weakness. Thank God I don't have a wife like that. Can you imagine my life if my wife tried to find my biggest weakness? Man, she'd have multiple choice questions every day with me. When I look at my sons, my sons are in college, freshman at ASU, junior at Oklahoma. I don't look at them with their biggest weakness. I don't say, you're not great in math. You're not great with this. I build them up. I build up my sons every day. Call them, say how great they are, how much I love them. It's the opposite with the Raiders. Everybody looks for the wart on Lincoln's face. Everybody looks at what's the weakness of the Raiders. What don't they have that Denver has and the Chargers have? 
And they sit there and they plug and put players in, and then they say the Raiders are going from 8-8 eight and eight to 7-10. and 10. Oh, and the Broncos are going from five wins to 10. And then the love affair from the Chargers and the organization that actually pays the media, wink, wink, indirectly pays the media to go to their games and cover the team. Ooh, you didn't know that dirty secret? I do. I'm a member of the media. I've been doing this 25 years. I got friends in every market who tell me this stuff. And the Chargers have a payroll because they can't get anybody to go to their games. So you got all that going on. So the Raider hate has been spent, and it's drained me this summer in the offseason. So now I'm done. Now I'm going in. I'm going all in. And look, we'll see what happens. It sucks for me if I'm sitting here week seven, eight, nine. I got to interview John Gruden on TV every week and do five radio shows on top of my other five ones, and the Raiders are two games below 500. But I've lived that life. I know how to get through that. I just add it onto the pile. But I don't want that to happen this year. I want the Raiders to start fast. I want the fans to start dialing 702-365-9200. I want the Raider Nation to unite. I want the Raider Nation to unite like they've united before when I've hosted the Raider Rally at Jack London Square. When I've been there in the past and Raider fans were coming to games and tailgates with my, with my brother, Black Hole Rob Rivera, who I'm praying for right now. All my prayers, all my prayers are going to Black Hole Rob Rivera. Emotionally, emotionally, every ounce of my prayers are going to Rob, my brother who's going through a difficult time, all right? I want the Raider fans to get going. Max Crosby in 15 minutes, Fred Bolitnikoff, Bill Romanowski, Jim Plunkett Friday, Tom Flores yesterday. I'm doing everything I can do for you. I'm giving you everything I got. Sunday, pre and post with Eric Allen. We're live from the torch. Come with me and toast me. Toast me having Eric Allen on and all these great guests, and I'll toast you back. But we got to get this thing moving. There's an army of opposition in the NFL now. There's an army of opposition of anti-Raider fans, and they're emboldened. I think it's a level of jealousy with Vegas. I think they don't understand Vegas. They haven't been in the Death Star. They don't know what's going on, and they're just going for the low-hanging fruit. Raiders this, Raiders that. Raiders suck. Raider fans are bad. We vote them the worst fans out there. They have no one on defense. What? No one on defense? They got five new starters on defense. All accomplished guys. Plus Max Crosby who's coming up. And, and, and there's too much noise going on. There's too much noise out there that's negative inside the Raider Nation. So that's what I want to start off the show with. If you can't be optimistic today, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're going to be like to deal with. I don't know what I'm going to be dealing with two months from now. But I know that I should have a lot of optimism today. We got a Ravens team coming in that's beatable. They are beatable. I said that about New Orleans last year. I thought New Orleans coming in with the aging, aging Drew Brees was beatable. I'd rather play Drew Brees in his last season than his 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. Tell you that much, I nailed that one right. And you're going to get Lamar Jackson coming in after having COVID twice, being in the protocol, not getting a lot of looks with his new offensive weapons because one's injured and his running back's gone for the year. And you just got to tackle him. What scares me about this game, yeah, there's a level, I wouldn't say fear. What concerns me in this game 
It reminds me of a bad game that I'd go to in Bishop Gorman, where my sons went to. A local team would come to Bishop Gorman, and the score would be 50 to nothing at the half, and I'd be sitting there going, why are the starters in? What are we doing? I mean, come on. My kids are out of here now. They're in college. I could say this. Like, what the hell are the starters doing? And it's 50 to nothing, coach, who, by the way, has been fired since. Like, what the hell are you doing? Leaving in the starters up 50 to nothing at the half. You got third and fourth stringers. Why don't you put them in the game? And you know why the game was 50 to nothing, Gorman, at the half? Because the kids on the other team weren't as big, as strong as Gorman, and when the quarterback took off, no one could get near him and tackle him, and he went 60 yards for a touchdown. That's what concerns me about this game, is that Lamar Jackson gets Jonathan Abram out on an island, or Trayvon Merrick, who's never played a game, never played a game, is not lined up right, and Lamar Jackson goes, oh, oh, I'm going to get out of that play, and I'm just going to sprint right and run 40 yards for a touchdown. That concerns me. And if the Raiders and Gus Bradley, who put this game plan in a long time ago, has a spy and the cover of the paper today, which is always delivered to my house here, the cover of the paper today, Vincent Bonsignor, too little last year, but not too late for Littleton. If this guy shows up, the ex-pro bowler, along with you know, a really good player in K.J. Wright, and they're flying around and they can get to a guy like Lamar Jackson. I'm going to have Mad Max on. This is what I'm asking Mad Max next on how does he contain Lamar on the edge. If these guys can do it, I think there's more than a puncher's chance. I really do. I think the car can get these guys on offense, and I think on offense they can keep really get things going, really get things going. And I think Carr, with Jacob's fresh legs, they've been bubble-wrapped. They have to take Jacob's leg. Now, Jacob's got a lot of work at practice. A lot of work working out, but he didn't play in the preseason. I mean, holy cow, guys, what do you want to do? You got to run that guy into the ground in this game, don't you? The only way you can keep Lamar Jackson off the field is that you got to find a way to run Josh Jacobs on second down, which Gruden loves to do. Second and seven, Gruden loves to run the running back. I'm not a fan of that. I'd like John to go four wide on second down, but if he does and he's able to, you know, give it to Josh and Josh breaks the tackle and gets out of bounds nine yards first down, as Chris Berman would say, tick, 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 clock's ticking. Lamar Jackson's on the sideline going, when am I coming back in the game? This is a chess match. And Baltimore has had an advantage in this chess match the last decade easily over the Raiders. They've been a much better team, much better than the Raiders. Better players, at times better coaching, better game plan. Now the Raiders got the coaches that they want, the depth of the coaches that they want, John Gruden with the playbook, and more and more being given to Derek Carr. That's the monologue as we open up the show. Try to match that somewhere else. Let's get a Raider fan to call in, huh? little respect to the Raider Nation, 888-623-3646. Excuse me. That's why, Bobby, they're calling my SiriusXM number, 702-365-9200. As we are brought to you by our good friends at Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. As you know, I'll be at the Remy Martin back bar inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill for all road games. Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Stoner Dude and Raiderhead are going to be performing this weekend. Stoner Dude, tell me about it. Looking forward to it. 
Well, JT, first of all, man, I wanted to say, you know, I, you mentioned Black Hole Rob Rivera. Uh, we've been talking about him all over social media, all over the world, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the websites, man. All our thoughts and prayers are with Black Hole Rob Rivera. And we look forward to you getting better and coming out to Vegas. We're going to hold it down until then. And, you know, JT, you're talking about Jack Linda Square in the, in the days hanging out of the Raider rallies. Man, it is time, Vegas. Get on board right now. This is hardcore Monday Night Football opening day. And you know, the old days, you know, sure, I've seen many years where the critics would talk about the Raiders, and I've seen a lot of offseason, JT, where I was disappointed, and I didn't think we were going to do much that season. But it's different this year, JT. First of all, Mike Mayock, the Raiders went all in on defense. We are stacked. We brought in the veterans that I've always wanted to see here. And I'm just feeling good about it, man. We got a full team on both sides of the ball. And as far as this Sunday goes, JT, yes, Raider Head will be performing live 5 p.m. sharp at the Rock Star Bar with, uh, with our friend Vinny Bonsignor. And I hope to see uh, everybody out there. And, JT, we're going to show them how we did it at Ricky's for 20 years at the Rock Star Bar awesome. this Sunday. Hope to see everybody. Go Raiders! Thanks a lot, Stoner Dude. Go see him. Max Crosby coming up next as we welcome our newest partner, Wahoos. Oh, the best fish taco in town. It's that good. They have the game day experience. Win your share of up to $85,000 in Wahoos free play giveaway and weekly parlay card contest. Enjoy 24-ounce Modelo and Modelo geladas and $5 net vodka cocktails and the best Bud Light and Mick Ultra specials around. Did we mention the award-winning California Beach Cuisine, including delicious tacos, wings, mouth-watering appetizers, and bowls? We welcome Wahoos to the show for football season. Man, we got two other big announcements with two other unbelievable partners. Let me just throw it out. Charles Woodson. Woodson's Whiskey? Yeah, right here on this show. We'll tell you more about that. Mad Max joins us next. What is Mad Max going to do this year? I think it's going to be off the charts. We'll talk to the defensive end next. Well, you know, I'm fired up, you know, about the room. We have we have a lot of potential, but I'm sick of saying that word. You know, I've, I hear it every single year. Um, I'm ready to just go out there on Sundays and, and play at a very high level. Max Crosby, as we're brought to you by Five Iron Golf inside Area 15. I was there yesterday hitting balls, had a great time. Food, TVs, best golf simulators in town. Go to Five Iron Golf, tell them JT sent you. The JT The Brick Show is the home of Mad Max Crosby because I saw him come into this team, and I was right before anybody else was in the entire Raider Nation from Oakland, now Vegas. I told you this guy would hit, and he hits, and he joins us now. Max, thanks for doing this. Appreciate you coming on. How are you? Doing great, JT. Thank you for having me on, my guy. I'm thrilled you're here. First off, the ability this year to play bigger, stronger, faster with the addition of Gus Bradley, Rod Marinelli, who's been there, and some of your new teammates who joined the roster. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. You know, I love this energy um, that we got in the building right now. Um, obviously, we haven't played, you know, any regular season games yet, but, you know, the time is the time's almost here. we got five days. Um, we've been preparing all offseason, and, 
you know, personally, I, I feel amazing. Um, I've never been in shape like I am right now, and I'm just ready to go out there and play football. Uh, let's talk about your sobriety. You've been very vocal about it, and you're helping others. You've watched that also with Darren Waller, where you were, where you are now, and how you're trying to help others along the way. Yeah, you know, um, on the 11th, I'll be 18 months sober. Um, it's been an incredible journey. Um, you know, the first year, they say, is always the hardest. And I know last year, um, you know, I was getting sober, and it was during COVID. And I had my ups and downs just mentally, you know, staying locked in and, and battling that. But, you know, looking back, I think later in my career, I'm going to look back and, and really, you know, shed some light on that part of my career because I know, you know, it's going to take me to a whole other level. And just knowing I could get through that hard time, um, you know, I could get through anything. So, you know, it's still an everyday process, but, you know, my days are getting a lot better and better, and I'm in a great place, and I'm just ready to go out there and, and show everybody um, what I can really do um, at the best of my ability. Well, last year everybody was talking about you and how many reps you were getting and how would you feel at the end of the year, and I'm like saying, hold on. You know, Max isn't complaining about any of this. Everybody was speculating about you being in a new rotation. Maybe you don't start. Maybe you're a guy coming off and you're going to get reps and be fresher. And I never bought into that because I just thought that you were going to be a starter, a perennial starter here for this team. Then Yannick Ngakwe comes in. So what can you share with us about this rotation with the other ones, your teammates Klee and Nassib and the other guys who can come off the edge? How do you feel about the looks you're going to get and the reps you're going to get? Yeah, man. You know, I see and hear all all the you know the nonsense that goes on. But you know, to me, I know I know where I stand. Um, you know, I know the work I put in. So that's that's never a worry to me. Um, you know, personally, you know, we have we have a lot of depth. You know, we have a lot of guys that can play. You know, we have we have three. You know, we have four three techs on our roster on our active roster right now. So like, we have so many guys that could come in and play and. For me, you know, I just want to win football games. Um, you know, I'm a starting DN in, in the National Football League. That's always been a dream of mine, and that's something I'm going to continue to do. You know, and now we really have some guys and pieces around us that, you know, if we really put it all together and, and continue to work the way we're working, I think it could be special. But, you know, it starts it starts on Monday night. You know, we you know there's no more talking. Uh, we got to come in there and, um, you know, have all the energy in the world and go go beat the Ravens. Max Crosby is our guest. Yeah, and we'll get to Monday night. I dropped the addition of K.J. Wright. Unfortunately, Nicholas Morrow getting injured opened the door to maybe make that signing you know, more foreseeable and making it happen quickly here. And then Perryman, who you've competed against, and you know what he looks like. What is it like seeing these two guys walk into the locker room? I mean, they look like they're these humanoid robots or something. They're ripped. They're strong. They got experience. And both of them set on record that they felt disrespected, and now they get a new start in Vegas. Yeah, you know, the special thing about the Raiders, you know, it's, it's been tradition for years and years, you know, bringing in vets who have already played a lot of good ball and coming in towards, you know, the second half of their careers. And then having that, that rejuvenation, coming back and proving people wrong. And, you know, K.J. Wright, the dude is on the top 100 this year and wasn't even getting signed. Like, I can't even imagine. You know, that's the, the amount of disrespect there is, is, is insane. So, you know, just being on the practice field within the last couple of days and seeing the way he, he carries himself, and it, it, it's incredible. You know, and Denzel, he's been amazing as well. You know, he's got all the energy, and he's not scared of anybody. You know, he's one of those guys that's going to come down and knock knock your head off your shoulders. So, you know, I love having those guys in the room. You know, obviously it's unfortunate what happened with Nick, and I think Nick is a great player and is going to help us win games this year. But obviously, you know, right now 
uh, we had to do something. And, you know, I feel like we did a great job, you know, bringing in two, two guys who really have played at a high level and, you know, could come in and make an impact. Max Crosby, as we wrap it up, without tipping the game plan, we all know, I said before you came on, a Raven team that ran the ball for 191 yards on average. That is an insane stat. You know they run it better than throw it, but I know you respect Lamar Jackson because he can make every throw. When you look at him on film and you got to get to the quarterback and contain, knowing that he can quickly run right at you, how big of a challenge is Lamar Jackson for Monday night? Yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson's a great player. Um, he's he's an MVP, you know, so he's a guy that you definitely, you know, you got to respect. Um, you know, we've watched a ton of film on him, and, you know, uh, we're going to be ready to play. You know, everybody's got to be prepared. Um, that's what we've been doing, and, um, you know, we just got to show up on Monday and, put, uh, you know, make that game plan come to life. What would you see with the new stadium? I mean, you've been in there more than us when you have practices and they simulate a little bit of sound, but when I was there working that preseason game with Seattle – I mean, I couldn't believe how loud it was, the Carlos Santana concert. I went to Guns N' Roses, you know, Garth Brooks, and I'm in there, and I'm saying, oh, my God, man, this place is loud, but a different type of loud. And they're trying to, you know, calibrate the sound for music and concerts. What have you noticed about the uh, the building, the sound, and what we can expect on Monday night? Yeah, I just I just know for a fact that that place is going to be exploding uh, on Monday night, you know, it's. <laughs> The preseason game, it felt like a felt like the freaking Super Bowl. You know, they had, you know, the whole show, the the music, all that. You know, it's great, and that's and for fans, that's that's the place you want to go. You know, show up and and have a great time, but also watch, you know, a, a football team go out there and play at a very high level. So, you know, I think they did a great job. You know, it's it's very Las Vegas. You know, it's, it's got all the show and appeal, um, but you know, the most important thing is is getting W's on Sunday. So. Um, you know, that's what we're going to do, and we're really looking forward to, you know, going out there and having a great season. Last one, what's new in your life, obviously, with your family, the dogs, what you're doing here and how you're getting, you know, comfortable in Vegas. It's a great place to live. I mean, it's still hot. Max, I didn't think we were going to get a 108 day yesterday. I thought we were going to dive under 100, but you're practicing in this. What do you love about this city and the fans that you're meeting? Yeah, I'm loving Vegas. You know, I'd say – in a very, you know, secluded, quiet area. And um, it's not what everybody would expect. You know, I didn't personally expect Vegas to be, you know, as, as homey as it is. You know, there's, there's a lot of great people out here. Um, people can raise families out here. And if you want to go, you know, see a show or do whatever, you can go right to the Strip 20 minutes down the road. So it's a real tight-knit community. You know, all the people around here have been amazing. You know, I, I drive in, the, in, my, in my car and now that Gruden has exposed me um, for my orange <laughs> Porsche, you know, I have people freaking always uh, recognizing me on the road. So it's been it's been hilarious. You know, the people have been awesome. Um, and, you know, I'm just looking forward to bringing, bringing some light to the city, you know, getting some W's and, and really showing people what Raider football is all about. Yeah, well, everybody gets you. The jerseys are all over when I go to games and see the Mad Max, the Crosby jerseys. Everybody understands your love of this team. You have an old soul when it comes to what the players were before you, like Greg Townsend, Howie Long, Alzado, Matuzak, the legends who played. You embrace that. I can see it in your eyes when you do social media. You're really exactly what the Raiders expected. Have a great, healthy season. We'll talk to you throughout. Really appreciate you doing this ahead of the game. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. I'll see you soon. You got it. Mad Max Crosby. How great was that? I mean, he just gets it. 
every player that they're bringing in. You know, the critics of Gruden and or Mayock, and again, I know how, why you'd be a critic. You look wins, losses, or a player here or there. Think of the guys they brought in and we put on the radio. Just think of it long term. Put on a blindfold unless you're driving and think long term what it's like to bring in Jacobs and Ruggs and Crosby and the players that are here that you're getting to know who love this, they're all bought in, and they want to win. We can't predict wins and losses, but you could see the culture and what they're trying to do in that building. And Mad Max is a leader. I mean, Gruden can't speak higher enough than him. I mean, Gruden talks about him all the time. Gruden cares about your energy and how you're available and what you're willing to do every day. I don't know of anybody who does more than Mad Max for this team and this organization. He loves being a Raider. And he'll be paid like a Raider if he continues to play at this level. That was brought to you by Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. 702-820-1234. Put them in your phone as JT's personal injury attorneys. If you get into an accident, get safe, get to the side of the road, and then immediately call Sam and Ash. 702-820-1234. One of the best Raider insiders I know been doing it longer than I think almost anybody covering the team. Bill Williamson will join us, and he's a straight shooter. He'll tell you what he thinks about this team, expectations for the team, and how they match up against Baltimore. We got a big show, what I promise I deliver every day during the regular season. We're giving it to you on Raider Nation Radio. Um, it's football. Uh, these guys have been playing football for a long time. The great additions they have in our room, and honestly, they've made themselves comfortable where we feel comfortable with them at the same time, and we're all becoming buddies. So excited to have them here. Uh, Littleton, he's got to step up and have a big year this year, to say the least. JT, back with you. Brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. The super deal you're looking for at the top of the hour. I'll talk about the Raiders release. The outline of alternate screening dates. If you're trying to get into the game on Monday, you must have the clear app. There are a couple of issues. If you want to get them cleared up, you can go Saturday and Sunday before the game on Monday. I would do that if I were you. I'll tell you about that coming up here in a little bit. Bill Williamson, kind enough to join us. Great Raider insider covering the Las Vegas Raiders for FSB Nation, covering the NFL for 25 years. Bill, looking forward to talking to you. You've always been a straight shooter. There are a lot of critics of this team that don't think they improve from 8-8, eight and eight, even though this is a completely revamped defense with a bunch of new starters. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, and thanks for having me, Jakey. Here we go again, right? Great mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know how to answer that because I, I'm, I think the defense is revamped. I think it's going to be improved. But I don't know if that means 11-6. and six. You know, from eight and eight last year, having another game this year, of course. Um, but is it, but if it's improved enough to win one more game in a tough schedule, that's not good enough either. So I'm just really looking forward to see what happens. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a challenge for the Raiders again. I think the defense is going to be improved though. Yeah, Bill, what's interesting about the defense is you know Casey Hayward comes in because no doubt Damon Arnett. It's not good enough to start 17 games. They don't have enough confidence in him to do that. Maybe he can come off the bench and play in a pinch or play in the slot. They were fortunate enough to get Nate Hobbs. 
And then I look at K.J. Wright. I mean, they had to grind down that price, and maybe both sides gave in at the end because of the Morrow injury. But I'm counting on Yannick Ngakwe. He's got to be a freak off the edge like he was in Jacksonville early in his career for Gus Bradley. Do you think he'll have a big year in the system? I think he can. And, um, you know, there's a knock on him around the league in the last year. This is a guy who, in the last over a year, this is his fourth team, you know, Jaguars, mm-hmm. Vikings, Ravens, Raiders. And when guys happen, when those guys move around like that in the prime of their career, he's just in 26. There's rumbling, you know, and you wonder how much a guy really wants to be somewhere. But I think the Ravens did a great job with him by giving him a two-year, $26 million deal. Team-friendly, good enough for the player, but also gives him incentive to be really good for two years and hit for NC at 28 years old. So the knocks that you I heard on him was, Maybe he didn't always try. Well, he has motivation to try. Whether those whether those knocks are warranted or not, he the facts are he does have motivation to go out and play well. So I think we will see him be a productive player. You will make Max better, and, and, and that's really important. Is this uh, an elite defensive end pass rusher? We haven't seen that in the last few years. Again, right. he's only 26, and he was really good his second year. But his numbers have kind of flattened out a little bit the last couple of years. We'll see. I don't think I don't think the book on him is over. I think he can be a good player. But again, let's see exactly what kind of impact he gives him. Bill Williamson's our guest. I agree because he ha- he's young and he he was a different player a few years ago. And he's saying all the right things that he is back yeah, he is. and he's ready to go. Bill, I wanted to talk about this offensive line because. I don't think a lot of insiders around the league really understand the depth and what the Raiders have done defensively, but they're really ripping this offensive line because Trent Brown was let go. He was a bust and and really struggled here just to be into the team and be a leader. Leatherwood comes in to replace him. And then I look at what they're going to do at right guard, which is still a question mark, but I got to buy into Andre James or everybody's telling me, and when I'm out at practice, seems to be doing everything right to not only be a good player, but a very good player as he steps in for Rodney Hudson. Walk me through the offensive line and any concerns you might have. Yeah, there are concerns. It's interesting to say about insiders because they just see, okay, Brown's gone, Rodney Hudson's gone, and Gabe Jackson's gone, and that's a lot. And, um, you know, the Raiders countered by saying, look, it, we're, we're younger, we're cheaper, we're more athletic, we're faster. Um, but we have to see it. And, and the bottom line is that those guys were good players. So these guys have to become good players right away. Um, mm. You know, I'm not going to be totally feel like the Raiders are out of the woods at this change at center because Ronnie Hudson was so important and such a, you know, the engine of that offense. And Derek Carr said it. Every you know, they were people in Raiders were mad when he didn't make the Pro Bowl last year. So I think it'd be disingenuous now to say Ronnie Hudson was was showing signs of, of age late last year. I don't mm. think that was necessarily the case. Um, that certainly wasn't what they were saying, you know, during the the heat of it. Um, so Andre James is going to have to show it to me for a year or, or two before I'm like, okay, they're out of the woods. Is that unfair? I don't think it is when you replace a guy like Bernie Hudson. So I think ultimately the key is health on this unit. Um, 
a little nervous about Richie Incognito's injury. Not, I'm not saying we, it, this is going to be, this specific injury is going to be long lasting. We don't know. He's been out for three weeks, haven't they? But this is a guy who's 38 years old and missed 14 and a half games last year, and they're counting on him. So he, he can't have a repeat of last year. I think the margin for error on the offensive line when it comes to health is, is really small. I agree with you. Bill Williamson with about a minute and a half to go here. Final one. Bill, in order for this team to make the playoff, what's the biggest key? What's the one thing you think they must do if they're going to be a playoff team? Well, first, it's just become much better on defense. You know, I talk to people around the league. I talk to people with the Raiders and say, they don't have to be a, a top 10 defense. If they get to 16, 17, you know, improve from what, 31, 32, that might be enough to get them to the playoffs. So I think improved defensive play, timely defensive plays, and help on the offensive line are really the keys to this team. Thank you, Bill. We'll have you on every uh, Wednesday, as always. You're a big addition to what we do here. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks. You got it. You got it, buddy. Bill Williamson, very good. Looking forward to having him on here as we get rolling right out of the gate. 702-365-9200. It's a big year. Everything's got to click. You know, some of the better teams in the NFL – can get off to a slow start, they could have a bad game, this or that. This Raider team has got to be fantastic. They've got to be healthy. They have to be available. They must be available so John Gruden can put out his best team. Last year, he wasn't able to do that. He wasn't able to do it. Joe Ekamanju is going to join us coming up. Cousin of Namdi Asamoa, former Raider running back, will join us in Once a Raider, Always a Raider. We'll talk to him. He had a brief stint with the Raiders at running back and a hell of a teammate. A lot of people liked him, uh, people I talked to about him and remember when he was with the Silver and Black. Uh, big next hour, Steph McKenzie will join us from 97-1 The Point, the diehard Raider fan who loves the Raiders and she knows the team. She'll join me every Wednesday. And then Nasty Nestor, Nestor Aparicio. I was on his show yesterday in Baltimore. He comes on with me today. He's traveling with the Ravens. He puts together massive parties. This one's going to be tough because of COVID issues still and a lot of Raven fans, you know, not coming on this trip. It's because it's tough to just get a ticket. And when we come back, we'll talk about the outline for the alternate screening dates. Here's the deal. If you've been vaccinated, just go to the Clear app, download it, and put in the information. It'll take you less than five minutes. If you're only partially vaccinated coming into this game, okay, if you're only partially vaccinated, If a fan has a vaccine that isn't supported by clear, any vaccine other than Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, if a fan has a digital vaccine card, a photo of a vaccine card that is unable to be uploaded to the clear app, you need to get to the stadium on Saturday and Sunday and get this all fixed and you'll be fine going in on Monday. 